Welcome to the Addiction Connection. We like to believe the opposite of addiction is actually connection, and we are going to attempt to educate you and possibly even entertain you while we navigate all topics addiction. Hi, I'm Dr. Kirk Devine. And I'm Dr. Heather Bell, and we both provide primary care and addiction services. It's our goal to help you learn more about the disease of addiction and its treatments. All right, everybody, welcome back to this kind of a bonus episode. Yeah. It's not Tuesday. Maybe a little less addiction. It's a little less addiction. It's peripheral. Yeah. Okay. So this is episode 93. Again, we mentioned, I don't know what some episode, I think the last one that we're going to kind of really get push this home until episode 100 is taped at an important time, April 19th, right before we talk at the big summit. But anyway, this is like I said, and Kurt said, very peripherally based to addiction. It's yeah. more of an entertaining topic. It's a little bit more lighthearted. And because it's maple syrup it's, season. It's maple syrup season. It's called sugaring, by the way. Sugaring, correct. We'll get there. I'm a sugarer, so yes, I knew that. <laughs> so I know y'all don't know what it looks like when we're taping because it's especially Kurt has a face for radio. Um, it's usually in a basement. You've probably seen a picture here and there on somewhere, social media. If you are not seeing this picture, please go to our Twitter or Facebook or something just so you can see the picture of where we are taping this episode. And then you will see what a really sweet maple syrup boiler thingy looks like. Yeah, it's right at my back. So it's it's a little warm right now. I get to like look at this big fat head so and I think I may occasionally she may do a lot of talking because I got to put wood in this thing to keep the syrup boiling and then yes it'll be I wish there was like smell of radio or podcast mm. that sounds gross so anyway so we're, we're going to start with this statement about, bottom line about sugar Right. So about, today's about sugar. Today's about sugar and the peripheral sugar is not officially an addiction, like addiction to sugar. It just like video games is not an official addiction. Um, we are going to do a podcast coming up that is super fascinating about sugar addiction, peripherally use that word again, that goes way more in depth than this is a little bit more serious that I found when researching making fun of maple syrup. But the bottom mm. line at this point is that Sugar is technically not a drug since it does not alter your cognitive abilities, even though I call dot, dot, dot. Because hmm. if I am in sugar detox withdrawal, which we will talk about, my cognitive abilities are definitely altered. So we're going to start with this study. Kurt's looking at how many pages I have here. That's a lot. We're going to fly. <clears throat> I love this guy's name, though. Danico Coleotonio. Not even, kind of. Okay. That was close. Danico Lantonio et al. This is from the British Medical Journal. So this yeah. is actually a thing. So animal. Animals have actually, you know, sugar produces more symptoms than required. Excuse me. Sugar produces more symptoms than is required to be considered an addictive thing. So it does a lot more things. This is a study in animals. Sugar is where they're, this was a study to see if it's addictive. And it does. It creates other issues even in an animal model where they're starting to question if it really is an addiction. So you're saying because of the binging and craving and tolerance all of and those withdrawal things. and cross sensitization and all those things. And mm. then there's this opioid effects, which will come up a little bit in a second, but then again, in that other bigger. So, so you're saying the endogenous endogenous opioid opioids that it kind of spurs that on when you slug down like a whole box of 
Jolly Joes or something. Right. So <laughs> sugar is a little bit more on the opioid spectrum than it is in, you know, like the meth spectrum, even though that wouldn't make sense initially. So where you look at the chemical changes is that sugar addiction, again, we're going to, I'm going to use that word because it's easier than anything else. Sugar obsession, sugar dependence. Sugar problem. Sugar problem. We're not supposed to use the word dependence, but since this isn't an official DSM diagnosis, can we use dependence? Yeah, I'll just say Sugar issues. Sugar issues have- seem to depend on the natural endogenous opioids released. Mm. So anyway, gonna so kinda- you think some people get more endogenous opioids yes. from eating or drinking a bottle of maple syrup? Um, that we're gonna get into how maple syrup may differ. Okay, in a minute. But again, if you really want to know this, it, it's it's fascinating, and it'll be in the more serious podcast. So daily intake. I have to talk about this. This is. Sugar. This is like additive, table sugar, things in beverages and all of those things. Average human consumes 95 grams of sugar a day, 20 teaspoons. And if you look at a normal 2,000 calorie diet, it should be fewer or equal to 25 grams a day. So, wow, I gotta, I maybe should measure mine. I know, isn't that crazy? 77 pounds per year of sugar. Of sugar. And Mm. so in a day, if you're a male, about 150 of your calories should be related to sugar, which is about nine teaspoons a day. And a woman, it should be about 100 calories a day, about six teaspoons per day. So if I have pancakes later, I'm going to go blasting over this. No, again, we'll get to maple syrup. Oh, so it's a safe drug, maple syrup is. Okay, Mm -hmm, go ahead. Get to that. And, you know, obviously this is a huge issue in the real world because a third of adults are obese or in that spectrum and two-fifths of kids are obese. Hmm. And interestingly enough, if you go to a grocery store, 80% of packaged food items, so we're not talking about, you know, the oranges and, Hmm. you know, the actual produce section, but 80% of every other thing in that grocery store has added sugar. But the worst thing is beverages. It's kind of like when you make baked beans. What do you put in there? Brown sugar. Well... I usually buy them canned, which is probably worse. Okay. An average soda can, 40 grams. Oh, I so, again, up. we should all drink fewer than 25 or have that much. An average bottle, like a 20 ounce, is 42 grams of Starbucks coffee, <clears throat> 47 grams. Boy, even even yogurt, Low 34 fat grams. Vanilla yogurt. Low fat vanilla yogurt, 34 grams in a vitamin water. I'm not supposed to use brands, but that's just what it's called in the study. 17 grams in a vitamin water. Hmm. You know, it's funny because a lot of people look at yogurt as like a low sugar thing that you Mm -hmm. can just like give to your kids. I got to talk to my son. Sugar or yogurt is bad. It's like, oh yeah, they can give, they can have yogurt. Although maybe it's not the low fat. Yeah. Sometimes low fat has higher sugar. Ah. So it's actually better to have higher fat. So it has lower sugar is actually kind of the new Mm. fat. So the cycle and how sugar can be more like a substance of abuse is because people feel fatigued. So then they consume something that has some sugar in it. Even coffee has sugar in it, you know, when you add creamer and stuff. So yeah. you get energy to start the day. Most and of when the time you, it's more creamer than, sh- <laughs> than coffee, I think. When you get that energy to start the day and you drink this, and again, the, this triggers that endogenous opioid system in your brain, your endorphins get released. And so you get more energy. And then you like having the endorphins and you like having the energy. And so you unconsciously, subconsciously decide to use it quote unquote, that was in the study. So then you start, people become dependent on this sugar type substance, even if not intentionally for emotional balance, energy, motivation, 
And mm. there we go. And oh, you, you look at people to, who have... Can I just mention something Well, really just quickly? think about the people that get a couple of those kind of coffees every day. I know, right? I mean, how many million calorie, calories and, and sugar? Energy drinks, whoo. Yeah. Okay, back. I got to go back to this really quickly. So this is more of that data on how much people are consuming. In 2017 to 2018, a two-year study, the average intake of two to 19-year-olds, you don't have this, 19 mm. teaspoons of sugar a day. And then even adults, about the same. But should, should just get it over with right away in the morning, just shovel them in, be done with it. Right. And they eat meat the rest of the day. So quick differentiator here, natural sugar. So if you're talking fruits and vegetables and milk, it's glucose, fructose, lactose. Added sugars, corn syrup, sucrose, which is the biggest issue, dextrose, maltose, and brown sugar. Hmm. So we're going to kind of skip through that. Well, you thir- so this 13%. sucrose, it's 13% of people's calories 13 percent just sucrose? sucrose this added sugar and this was you mean, i gotta start looking data, at this and so it's in everything obviously the the donuts and things but also in coffee alcohol energy drinks duh teas i think those salad energy dressing drinks. bread we know a very nice nurse who drinks a lot of those energy drinks we do yeah 95 percent of cereals and granola bars hmm have sucrose in them. So the granola bar, not quite as good as we thought. I know. Literally, what do you give your What kids? should I eat? <laughs> should I eat just plain peanuts? What oh, am I eating? Carrots, no. A carrot, yes. Okay, so then when we talk about, you know, a couple of weeks ago, we talked about co-occurring mental health and substance use disorders. This is actually, you get co-occurring people who ingest a ton of sugar, so the sugar... Mm-hmm. illness or whatever co-occurs with a lot of issue this other sugar issue actual diagnosable things so people like i mentioned a second ago ingest increased sugar even subconsciously to deal with physical or emotional stability so hmm. binge eating is one of them which seems a little bit more obvious so you consume and then you have shame and guilt and disgust and so you get this emotional imbalance and then we're in that cycle so i get that of, sometimes with chocolate milk <laughs> Well, I mean, but if you use those same words, I mean, think about a person who uses a substance. Let's just say heroin, for instance. You use it because you don't like how you're feeling, and we'll get to that with sugar in a second. And then you do have some shame or guilt, but then you kind of get this withdrawal, and then you go back to it. Hmm. So it's that cycle. There's, is there sugar in chocolate? I suspect, yeah. My chocolate milk. It's the Never higher mind, percentage yeah. of dark chocolate, probably less, but... Oh. So people with alcohol use disorder, Mm. sugar raises the dopamine in the brain, just like alcohol does. So often, and this, this is often, it's not a hundred percent. And this is where we get into some genetics. People with alcohol use disorder often crave sugar when they're in alcohol withdrawal. So Mm. rather than even the eye opener in the morning, some people will just eat something super sugary and it will help their mild alcohol withdrawal. Well, that's interesting. Not even intentionally. Because there are sugar preference genes, so you have genetic things, which they're kind of calling more like epigenetics, that are passed on to your offspring. And so people who eat a ton of sugar, and this changes the genetics with the epigenetics, their offspring actually has a higher chance of having alcohol use disorder. That's insane. Isn't that crazy? Are you making this up? I'm not. And the next more serious one we're doing actually is even more striking. Okay. So then there's a ton of behavioral and emotional kind of diagnoses, things that are associated with sugar. You have your comfort foods. Here's the top three comfort foods, which oh, well. chocolate, ice cream, and candy. Yeah, and candy, that's pretty vague. 
I mean, you know, Skittles. What's really a candy? Well, Skittles is definitely candy, <laughs> but uh, you know, this. And so you're saying this also ties in. You got a little notes here about I this. Do. How this ties in with compulsive gambling, which was one of my talks that yes. uh, I did on. And of course, that is the only behavioral Official recognized DSM. behavioral. Yep. Yes. Behavioral addiction. But people who hmm. the higher and more sugar issues you have, you also more chances of having video game issues. And they have actually said this is not as, oh, that's because you're eating more sugar because you're just sitting and being sedentary with video games. There's actually an association. Wow. Anxiety. Now, there's two different types of reactions with people who have anxiety issues because anxiety can create irregularities in appetite, which then leads can lead to eating disorders. So there's two different types of um, genetics with this. When you are stressed or anxious, you get stress-related cortisol release. This is normal. This is across the board. Some individuals, when they get that cortisol release, it actually shuts their appetite down. Others, it actually boosts their appetite for sugar-based meals and snacks. And this is interesting to me because I'm a person who, when I'm under stress, I tend to gain weight. And there are people who are under stress just don't eat. And so there is a genetic component of that response. That's interesting. Isn't that crazy? I'm trying to think uh, which I, what I do when I'm stressed. I I probably go more to chips. The salty. Mm. But there's also a lot of fake sugar in that too. So Although my go-to stress food is probably... The Swiss cake rolls. <sighs> they are... <laughs> dang it. You outed me. They're, uh, they can be pretty good. The wax donuts? No, uh, Swiss rolls would be, I can eat it. Sadly, I've, I've gotten them for gifts from, from, for gifts. You have, from I, nurses, I, yeah, mm-hmm. you know, for my birthday. Like and, the bulk ones from Sam's Club. Yeah. And it's like, okay, I'm just going to eat one a day. Yeah. No. It was like the first time you attempted to taper off of Diet Mountain Dew. Yeah. But I'm off now. Three you months. You are. It's weird. Three months. <laughs> Congratulations. Yeah. Okay, so if we're going to kind of even compare it more to, to other use disorders, you have withdrawal. So within 24 hours of cold turkey stopping anything sugar, you will have cravings. And this mm. is because of the brain imbalance. The brain is missing the sugar, similar to opioids, and that is what it's mediated by. So you will have cravings. You will literally not stop thinking about sugar until you add sugar. Well, I think so. So it's not even a choice, though. I want to put that out there. It's just like... Mm. People who are consuming opioids due to cravings, people say just don't do it. The brain isn't functioning without that opioid there in such a way the brain is also not able to function without that sugar there. Yeah, and I think lethargy is like, you, you could just see, I mean, you know, if you're not eating anything sugary, yeah, you think, okay, I'm just going to have a have something and something sugary and just get rolling. Yeah, it changes actually. Here's where it changes your mentation, thought processes, communication style, mood mm. can all be impacted. Anxiety, common <laughs> symptoms of anxiety from sugar withdrawal, teeth chattering, tremors, and just more shaking than just the tremors. I don't think I've, you know, I've no. never seen anybody with teeth chattering. Now, crabby, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. But the headaches? Headaches, one of the most common withdrawal effects, even more than craving headaches. And that's, mm. so people will naturally consume small amounts of sugar to relieve that. Um, mm. But they recommend if this is your jam, you should eat fruit in that moment. Um, to me, it feels like I just, I'm, I'm frankly having a hard time believing this. You know, myalgias, insomnia, chills, nausea, 
I mean, bloating. I mean, well, gas and bloating makes sense because I think people who consume a ton of sugar tend to have more looser bowels. Yeah, because the sugar holds. And the, so then you're not if you're not consuming it, do you get more constipated? Mm. So, I mean, withdrawal seems, seems like a harsh word for sugar. Okay, but here's here's an interesting fact. Try so and you think of me. people who have like a sugar issue. We're using that word. You'd think obviously increased chance of diabetes. True. Okay. But there's also, if you cold turkey quit sugar and you go through withdrawal, this can actually trigger diabetes as well. You're, you're blowing my mind. Uh, it's nuts. Oh, so peanuts? No, I'm kidding. Oh my gosh. That's funny. But uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, to me, it's like, so you're screwed both ways. It just doesn't matter which way you jump. Again, it's the predisposition. You could become diabetic because you're a sugar. You have a sugar issue. Yeah, it's the predisposition, just like marijuana with schizophrenia. <laughs> That's, that, that seems like a stretch. Hey, you know, whatever. So what happens when you quit sugar? Within hours, your hormone levels change. So your insulin in your body drops because you're not needing as much insulin around, thus the whole diabetic relationship. Mm. Um, so your body starts to store, <laughs> burn stored energy and fats. Mm. within days actually this is how quick it is lipids triglycerides drop your taste buds will actually crave less sucrose man your taste buds are just like you're like what's wrong with my tongue it's like that poster you see in some doctor's offices about like within hours of quitting smoking within days of quitting smoking you know Mm. you see those so but the recommendation is don't quit cold turkey i mean let's face it you know 500 years ago how much sugar was there or a thousand years oh, ago. Oh, no. We'll get into that with the more serious one. Oh, yeah. I mean, so people didn't get that much sugar. I mean. There's an evolutionary. It's it's natural selection, I, actually. I'm, I'm worried you in. may have learned too much about <laughs> I sugar. I did, and it's freaking out. Has it out. changed your diet? I did not eat the Skittles today, and my daughter offered me in the car. Wow. I know. I had like a cheese stick. It was You're going to need therapy. I know. So what they recommend is don't quit cold turkey, but while you're tapering off your sugar is you should increase your exercise because then it increases the endorphins as well. And actually there's this weird hot bath thing. Nobody Mm. understands it. It's more of an anecdotal thing, but it works across the board that if you're craving sugar, you should take a five to 10 minute hot shower. So during the sugar, which all it'll help cut it, Mm. which I think is weird. And so you're saying also that when you're quitting, you want to increase your proteins Increase your fruit, which is a you know natural sugars in it. Don't use artificial sugars. Increase water. Increase sleep. Don't hmm. don't do any type of fasting. Like eat small frequent meals, and avoid triggers. So you should not have the Swiss cake rolls in your house. Well, what if you did something like okay, you're going to stop sugar. I want you to have one, you know, Jolly Joe a day. Jolly Joe, what is that? Or Jolly, you know, Jolly Rancher. Jolly Rancher. Who eats those anymore? What are those ones that are uh, multicolored? They're like a hot tamale. Oh, yeah, Mike and Ike's. Oh, that's what I was thinking. He was like, I just want you to have one Mike. Yeah, I want you to have one Mike and Ike a day, and we're going to taper you down from that, start cutting them in half. Well, it'd have to be like, I'm going to have one every hour for a couple of days, then one every other hour. Okay, so now we're going to get a little then funny. I'll eat a beef stick. <laughs> my <gosh. laughs> Try and get myself out of it. Oh, my gosh. So okay. we're on to maple syrup and honey now. No, huh? no. So this is more of the totally not related to the issues of sugar. It's just more kind of a fun FYI to people. So if you compare maple syrup versus honey versus molasses versus table sugar, what is, what's the deal? What well, is better? Well, maple syrup is linked to just being a good person. I'm not sure you're aware of that. 
I don't but uh, maple syrup in general or maple syrup production or people, yeah Rogo is a nice guy yeah Rogotsky yeah I just think that uh, <laughs> yeah, that's not what you're wanting me to say yeah. but I did and I, I win I just think that people make that make well I think most often the people that I know that make maple syrup are also kind of I, I hate to use the word granola e you know they tend to be more natural I could use your good old people. friend Chris Higgins you're one dimensional yeah you know, so I'm not like Rogo. Can't even like one of my friends that that makes maple syrup. You know, he eats so healthy and well, like yeah, he also salmon fishes. Salmon. Okay, anyway, yeah. we gotta get moving, dude. Oh, oh, sorry. So maple syrup is actually not linked to diabetes and all the other things that table sugar, high processed food diets are linked to. Mm. And you actually get more satisfaction when you consume maple syrup than you do with any other type of sugary anything because of the natural sweet taste. That's clearly true. Now here's a cool study. Maple syrup, similar to what we'll talk about, honey, and I'll mention it in a second. There's antimicrobial effects. So there was this study where they took people who were on ciprofloxacin and carbenicillin, which I've never used. So they took antibiotics. The people who were also consuming maple syrup, I have no idea the amounts, actually had upwards of 90% less antibiotic usage and got better. Was this a Canadian study? Um, <laughs> Nathalie that was kind of a joke. and team study. We'll get there. I thought it was Toronto. And here's how it works, though. It doesn't have, like, the direct antimicrobial by itself. It helps the antibiotics work better. It increases the permeability of bacteria so the antibiotics can get in better. Now, there are other medications in the world that do this that are other drugs, but this is a natural way to do it. We're going to skip this whole, the goodness. There's a lot of manganese and zinc in sugar well and to be way. clear you or don't want to you don't use the maple syrup iv you're just oral oral <laughs> okay so there is traditional medicine has used native americans for th- thousands of years ago were using maple syrup they tapped mm-hmm. and they processed it even before european settlers mm-hmm. and they actually celebrated the sugar moon it was the first full moon of spring and they did like night. this maple dance that was last night it's a full moon last night and so that would have been the sugar moon. Yes, that was Did the Did you sugar do moon. some weird dance around the sugar shack? I can't talk about it. I'm glad we no. weren't here. Good thing we're ha- we should do something funny for the group we're having over tonight in here. Yeah. So it's like anyway. it was the sugar moon last night. So people even before they didn't even understand diabetes and things like that completely used maple syrup to improve insulin sensitivity. So before all the other drugs existed, this is like the early metformin. Ah. Improved digestion. We could get into the whole series thing about that. I've improved had improved them. In, I know. You know, I've had people buy my maple syrup to do cleanses with, and uh, now I won't sell it to them. That's not a good way to use it. So no. when you compare, put it on pancakes. When you compare maple syrup to table sugar, hmm. they both are two thirds sucrose, but maple syrup offsets because of the more nutrients in it. Like I said, the manganese and the zinc. Mm. Glycemic index, though, is lower for maple syrup than sugar. Wow. Um, and they said it's more natural. Obviously, you literally tap it out of a tree and boil it versus sugar. This is interesting. Yeah. I don't know. You have the sugar cane. They mechanically harvest it, they clean it, they wash it, they mill it, they extract it, they juice it, they filter it, they purify it, and they vacuum it, and then they condense it. That's all because before it becomes a grain of sugar. Wow. So it's way processed even before it becomes corn syrup. I just boil. It's very simple. I, I mean, otherwise I couldn't yeah, do it. You couldn't do it. So if you compare maple syrup to honey, raw honey is about equivalent in decency to maple syrup. Mm. It does have a little bit of difference. It's also antibacterial. 
has nutritional value. It has a little bit more for the allergy relief, which is why we say honey is good for coughs and put it in tea when you're sick. Mm. And it's also an antioxidant and it's good for wound healing. So it's got a couple of steps up in other uses. Well, you do honey if you don't have trees. I mean, it's like if you don't have maple trees, it's like, what can and I do? And you have a something? beehive. Yeah, it's like I'm going to have to buy a beehive. Which it's is a smaller. lot cheaper than having trees. But you got to buy the bees. Mm. And you can get stung and die if you yes. have an allergy. So that's not good. Okay, if you're comparing maple syrup to molasses, which mm. I, I, you know, unless it's a molasses cookie, I just can't. But it has, molasses actually has the highest antioxidant content. I would have guessed that because it doesn't taste as good. <laughs> so it must be good <laughs> it must for be you. healthier. The glycemic index falls somewhere between sugar and syrup. It's actually good for skin treatment. It helps carbohydrate metabolism, but it's good for acne. <laughs> Just rubbing that molasses on my face. Which just seems like something I would never do. Mm. So how do you make it? We should hurry up. This is already, I'm at 25 minutes. Yeah, and this isn't really an addiction topic. We've just off the rails. So I do love this quote. So by the way, maple trees, Acer Saccharum. Saccharum. You boil it. You know, it's not considered maple syrup until there's 66% sugar content. Mm. And then it's considered pure. Yeah. But this quote, a tree yielding sap is like a person donating blood. They both have some to spare. And this is why it works. Mm. I ha- I love this. So you, you know, we just mentioned, obviously it's spring and this is when Kurt's doing all the tapping and it's because the temperature is warmer. So there's this freeze thaw pattern that happens between day and night, which is why Kurt is watching the weather channel. Like, Very close. Around the clock. And the reason that works is because then when this freeze-thaw pattern happens, it increases the pressure in the tree, so the sap flies out of the little taps. I'm not sure that's completely been worked out, but that's what the theory is. No, that is what it's in this study. You're telling me? I am telling you. So Mm. the sugaring season, you know, four to six weeks, a little bit less where you're doing it, 40 gallons of sap to make Mm. a gallon of syrup. Canada is 80% of the world's maple syrup. Oh, it just drives me crazy. And you know what's, what the interesting thing is? Uh, they'd use all typically, well, the, the gold standard is using hard maple or sugar maples. I tap mostly uh, silver maples. But there's and, also red maples and black maples. Yeah, and I, I would tell you that the silver maple syrup, in my opinion, all you East Coast people, is better. Is better. Okay. I like it better. Best trees to tap are at least 10 to 12 inches in dynam- diameter and about 40 years old or older. Mm. But Vermont has some trees that are tapped out there that are over 200 years yeah. old. I've seen, uh, they have one tree out there that I've seen pictures of that they've been tapping for over 200 years. Okay, so if you're at the grocery store and you're buying like actual maple syrup, not the sugar in a jar, other kinds, grade A is what you're mostly going to buy. And that's mostly on pancakes because it's more sugary grade b is what you should buy it's darker it's more concentrated it's better for cooking it has higher antioxidant content yeah it's got a little bit more of a bitter taste to it though and that's darker later Mm -hmm. in the season stronger flavor which is interesting because you don't like it when it turns dark uh i actually i eat it all i i have some i'm gonna bring out to the sugar shack today that is darker are we gonna do it sugar oh we should do a maple syrup taste yeah and i have some that is much lighter Last year, it was a very fast season, and we didn't get much light. So, so. it is heat-stable. Like, it's a heat-stable sweetener. And they said you should use it in place of sugar in baked goods. Mm. So here's the equivalent for all you bakers. You use the same amount of maple syrup as you would do sugar. So it's a half a cup. Use a half a cup. But then the rest of the liquids mm. you put into the baking, whatever, 
cut it in half 50%. You know, in the past, one of the things that I've made where I replaced sugar uh, was actually bread. Oh, it's amazing. Hmm. Yeah, you put it in bread. And but I'll just just so people understand that the beginning of the season when the when the trees just start to produce, that's when you get the light syrup. And as the season goes on, the syrup gets darker. And if the especially if it gets warmer, uh, and some of that is and the taste changes a little bit because of the tannic acid. So it's a little bit a little bit different. But Okay, I'm gonna just like half mention a couple of things in here only because it's funny. This is a blog I'm, thing I found and we're like way at time. I'm dying to hear what you have to this say. This dude ranks maple syrup in his food pyramid which doesn't include vegetables so his food pyramid looks like yours right above cake but right below italian food this is an italian dude um Mm. he literally puts it on everything and is putting it on chinese food now well you remember the show elf he put it on uh, spaghetti well yeah the movie Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. um but he also mentioned it's a real thin line between happiness and the worst stomach it give your life back to the whole yeah yeah also put this this guy he's talking about puts it on pizza lasagna banana spaghetti and Mex- Mexican food mm. two cups of maple syrup a day started it when he was seven wow but he also runs three to four miles a day every single family member in his world has diabetes but him and not that he's skinny and whatever huh. I guess he did have a nutritionist come in and say like you need to like watch it but he still does not have mm. diabetes so That's he thinks because he doesn't do any other sugar mm. he it, only uses maple syrup I think most people would say it's best on ice cream Ooh, that sounds good yes so anyway but, he goes through 104 gallons of maple syrup every two years well we will post a picture as well on our Facebook page of us doing this podcast with the flames in the background. We're almost there. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah so our Facebook page is just the Addiction Connection. Obviously, um, you can email us at the Addiction Connection Podcast. And we've got a lot of emails lately about uh, topics people want us to do. So don't be afraid if there's something that interests you. We're clearly we're, we do anything, even maple syrup. Now. Yeah. Yeah. This was really off the grid. Right. Um, and then if you want to check out the Twitter, it's at CSCT Echo, yeah. CHO. So it's definitely not, but it's it's all about all the topics we're having coming up. And Yeah. And if you want to be part of the Wednesday Echo, uh, which coming up to this week, we have somebody from NIDA on. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can get hold of Katie or K Stangle, K-S-T-A-N-G-L at Stratus Health. Dot org. Dot org. And it's S-T-R-A-T-I-S health. Dot yep. org. Anyway, always just email us at the addiction connection podcast at gmail.com and we can help you with all of that. All right. Pancakes later. For supper. <laughs> Bye. As I came by Tara Market, Tara Market for to fee. I met up with the farmer's child, the barnyard's a delicate Lintonati to Renetti, Lintonati to Renee, Linton Lauren, 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 the barnyard's a delicate He promised me the finest pair that I ever set my eyes upon. When I got to the barnyard, there was nothing there but skin and bone. Lintonati to Renetti, Lintonati to Renee, Linton Lauren, 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 the barnyard's a delicate Sat on his rump, the old white mare sat on her wine. When it came to the weapon crack, there wouldn't rise a joke in time. Lintonati to Renetti, Lintonati to Renee, Linton Lauren, and Lauren, and Lauren, and the barn, yards of Delgatsi.
is a bonnie lass I see Sitting by her father's side and winking Nor refuse me Lives in And not get drunk. I can fight and not be slain. I can sleep with another man's wife and still be welcome to my. Listen out, it's a renegade.